0: Hey guys, Christy from the Rub the Wrong Way podcast here. Um, I'm super excited to bring you our very first double header episode. Um, I was really pumped to have a conversation with a guy called Aaron Bright. Uh, we both live in Brisbane and we met at a workshop uh, a few a few months ago and I was like, dude, I really want to talk to you. I think this will be a really great conversation. And um, so we set it up and we ended up kind of chatting for about an hour and a half, which is why this is part one of two episodes. So this is a first for the Rub the Wrong Way podcast. We're going to be doing a double header. Um, So Aaron and I, in this first episode, have a conversation about everything from qualifications to regulation of the industry, um, right through from health funds to mentorship and self-care. It's a really diverse interview. It's a really diverse conversation. And Aaron... His experience is so amazing and so great, and I'm so excited to bring it to you. So um, without much further ado, uh, this is part one of two of my conversation with Aaron. Welcome to Rub the Wrong Way, a podcast for massage professionals. Each week, we undrate the taboo topics of massage therapy life, go deep on industry issues, and help you discover practice building tips and tricks from industry experts. Grab your laundry basket and join your host, Christy Melling, as we strip down, bear all, and help you get rubbed the right way.
1: And then there was one other thing which was um sort of the idea of high performance versus community based care okay because it was interesting listening to him and sort of talking about the high performance stuff and mm. and I think there really is a bit of a difference between high performance and and what most of us see on a daily basis and yeah I don't know I don't know if it's something you want to chat about but it's just food it's
0: food. a it's a good um like definitely, like having conversation with, with Stuart, it was really interesting because he did sort of like when he started talking about it, I know like I know I'm not the sort of person who super enjoys working with um particularly like high performance athletes like runners yep. and people like that. I have yep. a few yep. and they're really cool people who I like hanging out with, but yep. I don't I know that's not my niche. Like I know I'm yep. just like eh. Yep. And I've always I always had this funny like people would ask me, like, Oh, you know, don't you wanna go? People who don't know massage, they'd be like, yes. Don't you wanna go and like work for the Brisbane Lions? or
1: Yeah and I would yep. be like yep. oh, my God. oh no thanks. <laughs>
0: like, no, I have no desire to and then like and someone even said to me yesterday, Oh like, oh I met someone who who's a massage therapist for um the Essendon football club and I was like, I'm yep. sure that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were like Oh, i I think he likes it <laughs> well,
1: and I think that's one of the things where like it can be awesome but i i think I think it's different and I think a lot of what's sort of happened in our industry is a lot of people um learn a lot of stuff in a high performance environment and then that filters down into general care but I think it really should be a bit different and I, I think when you're in a high performance environment, you've got all of these other staff that take on all of these other roles and and I like the name that you referred to, the softies. You've got like this really narrow sort of defined role and I think that's really different to what say you and I would do on a daily mm-hmm. basis with someone off the street. I think they you might be it, you might be their entire team and I, I, I think that's really different and maybe, no, it's just, yeah, it sort of feeds into a few few other topics that are of interest as well but but anyway, you got You got a few things there to kick around, I'm sure we can.
0: Oh, I feel like we've already started.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> look out, look out. So welcome to the Rub the Wrong Way podcast, Aaron Bright. How are you today?
1: I'm awesome, thank you.
0: Yay! Awesome is awesome.
1: Awesome is awesome. That's <laughs> We've great. already
0: had a little "everything is awesome" kind of sing along. Um, we have, which has yes. been, which has been pretty cool. Yes,
1: yes. Um,
0: so let's just rewind a little bit because I am actually going to use some of that stuff that we just talked about because that was yep. really, really interesting. Um, yep, and yep. it's a really interesting concept that you were kind of. But I want to go. I want to go back to it. Sure. Um, but let's start so people can get to know who you are and kind of what you're all about. Um, tell me a bit of the Aaron Bright story. Fast forward all of the like, Yeah, oh, back when I was a kid. Um, yep. Let's go to how did you become a massage therapist? Where did all that kind of start? Like, let's have a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, sure. So, yeah. Um I suppose it really started when I went to uni and you know finished school, went to uni and all those sort of things, and and I thought I wanted to be a psychologist, so I went and studied psychology, um, and I spent a couple of years at, at uni, you know, sort of bumming around doing all right, uh, but kind of realised pretty quickly that psychology wasn't really what I wanted because it, it it's a wonderful thing. I uh, adore and admire psychologists, but. It's a very cerebral practice and it just wasn't something that I realized I wanted to do. Um, at that time, the good old Australian College of Natural Medicine was operating in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane and I went along and looked at some of their courses and pretty much straight away went, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, this this is what I want to do. Um, that was uh, 1996, uh, which is a bit scary when I think about how long ago that was. Um, I did a unit in massage and aromatherapy and then later on um, or sort of doing it kind of realized I was too young for the profession then like I was 18 and I felt like I needed a bit of maturity to be able to work you know in close proximity with people undressed and yeah. you know sort of things the industry itself was in many ways a bit immature then there was this big stigma which still kind of exists with massage and prostitution um unfortunately <laughs> we're still dealing with that today uh, yep but uh, we we You know, fast forward um, another eight years down the track. It only took me eight years to actually get back to study, so wasn't wasn't that long. But you know, went around, travelled the world, did all those sort of things, Um, and then got in. You know, to the cert four program that was running then, and 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 got my qualification and started working about uh, 2002. Um, Went on gradually over the next four years. Did my diploma while working. Um, the Bachelor of MST started in, 0, was it 05, I think it might have started. Um, I joined in halfway through, in yeah. about 06, and went through with the first group that graduated in 07. Um, I was fortunate enough, I had the sort of philosophy, if I hung around the college long enough, I'd eventually get a job. Uh, in 08, I started doing a bit of teaching there. Um, and then that sort of developed while I've been working clinically um, you know, since oh, I suppose 02 around that time, um, also been teaching since 08, and so since I've um, gone on, then it's sort of balanced between teaching and, and clinical work, and sort of you know been involved in lots of different things in that time, and and I suppose it all sort of um, you know comes down to where we are at the moment, and I've been really fortunate to work on bringing myotherapy to Queensland with the Advanced Diploma at Cure Academy. Um, and then you know we now see uh, endeavors changed their Bachelor of Health Science programs to myotherapy as well. so it's, it's kind of been this really exciting process of watching the industry grow and be involved in it um, and being able to get like involved in all these different areas and activities and, and clinical and education and um, it's been really fun. it's I really really enjoy it still still today like absolutely. You know, love it. Uh, was fortunate enough. I've taken a bit of a break from the clinic, but got back into the clinic again very recently. And I just had one of those days yesterday where it was just awesome. You know, you literally the last person I treated yesterday left going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god!" Um, yeah. You know, I can ju- move. I can ah. move. You know? <laughs> I've never been touched like that before. You know, like sort of kinds <laughs> like that. You know. <laughs> um, Something that's been running around from chiropractors and 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 just hadn't quite got the right treatment and and so yeah, it's just it's yeah, it's been good. It's been fun.
0: So essentially, you're the person we have to thank, particularly in Queensland, for mm. the Advanced Diploma of Mayo coming to to Q Academy.
1: Is that? Uh- Oh, uh, well, a team of us, most definitely. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to take the blame. I'd love to take the blame for it. <laughs> um, if anything goes wrong, I'm always the first to put my hand up for it. If anything goes right, I normally point to other people and say, oh, yeah, they did it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but no, there's, look, there's been a few of us. Um, you know, Cure Academy is a, a really good operation. I've been really, really happy to work there. Because they're, they're fun, but they're really professional at the same mm. time. And so I have to give credit to Neil May Doc, or Dr. Neil May, a very good friend of mine who really was the person behind the development of the advanced diploma there and, and got the whole project up and running. And I really just came in to help with the implementation, um, having done a bit with Endeavour previously. So, um, And we've had that up and running, I suppose, just ooh, getting close to two years. And, and I think we might have even graduated somewhere in the area of 50 people from the program, which is which – is, that's pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah, 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 and um, and so it's look, it's early days. Mm. Um, no one really knows what myotherapy is in Queensland. Um, I think a lot of the myotherapists are still defining that for themselves. So, um, but it's it's an exciting time. It's you know, it's it's a time of change, and and so the whole myotherapy, I think, is a is an example of that—the change and growth in our industry, which is really exciting. Yeah, it
0: is really exciting, and I was just gonna say, like, so. I know that it's an advanced dip, so it's an yep. advanced diploma, as opposed to say the degree of musculoskeletal therapy that was yes. being run at Endeavour. Yes. Do you think that that the advanced diploma is a necessary step? Like, do you think that that's how like how it should be progressing through the industry, or or where? Like, I feel like I'm touching a button here.
1: Oh, dude, um, was, that, was that Pandora's box I just heard? Opening? I think. Yeah. I think.
0: <laughs> Like, but but that's so that's my point. Like so, I know I know that there is a lot of advanced diplomas that have been taken out of the health training package in yes. recent in recent times. So, and I'm a therapist in this position where I'm thinking, oh, maybe I want to go and do my advanced diploma. Mm-hmm. Is it? Should I be looking at it? Is it a valuable um, stepping stone, or is it one of those things where I should just bite the bullet and go and get my bachelor's? Because I because oh. you you have a bachelor's, so so. Oh. So tell me, tell yep. me, what mm. should I do? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that is such a hard question. Um, Isn't it just? Uh, I like to
0: ask the tough questions.
1: You know, uh, look, uh, so obviously this was something we were discussing offline and you know mm. how I sort of said the the concept of like a three-tiered profession. Yes. Um, so let's talk like, about
0: that. Let's talk about, let's kind of elaborate on what you you see yep. as this three-tiered profession because I was, yep. I was intrigued by that and I think... I think that that has a lot of legs in a from a grander kind of conceptual point. Yeah. Yep. And so the three tiers would be massage therapist. Yep. Diploma.
1: Yep. Remedial. Remedial. Yep. remedial. And then yep. say
0: advanced dip myo
1: yep. like
0: myotherapist. My, the, my kind therapist. of at the tier, the top.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I mean look, that's the thing. That's that's where it is. It it, it already exists. Um, so, look, I think there's tremendous value in massage therapy um, without anything added onto it. Just, mm. you know, getting someone into a, a clinical space, a healing environment, a day spa, a, you know, whatever, um, your spare bedroom um, and, and just creating a healing space where someone can relax, um, be touched. Um, and and just you know get, have a time to heal themselves mm. is is massive is absolutely huge is is of immense value um, and, and the wonderful thing is we we have like evidence to prove that mm. um, you know good old-fashioned sort of research-based evidence um, so I, I think there's a tremendous value in that I think sometimes people can get pushed away from the value in that because they look at remedial and myotherapy and think oh you know maybe I need to be jumping to this next level and 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 maybe what I'm doing is not good enough, and there's not a value in it, and and I, I that that worries me a little bit. I, I think that there's a, there's a huge need for people that specialise in relaxation. Like we all run around, you know, caffeined up, um, you know, working our butts off, you know, running around after children, uh, which is fun, um, but you know, it's it's tiring, it's hard, and yeah. um, and so we need an opportunity to relax. When when we step into um, sort of the area of remedial and myotherapy, I think we're starting to, you know, develop specific skill sets. And and again, I think we really need to keep it based in what um, the demands are for in the industry. So like I, I kind of relate to remedial as being um, like a soft tissue specialist. Like they really if you've got a soft tissue dysfunction, you know, what you're really good at, I suppose, is is reducing pain and symptoms from uh, a soft tissue dysfunction whatever that you know might be um, and, and and I suppose um, you know providing a detailed service that's really targeted towards the individual um, when, when we say myotherapy to me I think now we're well different people relate to it in different ways for mm-hmm. me I, I, I like to if someone says what's a myotherapist I, I'll say to them look it's a combination of massage and exercise um, in, in, just in really simple terms, because people go, oh, okay, I can relate to that. Um, so what, what do you actually mean by that, however? And so that's, that's when you can sort of start talking about it a bit more. So, so going back to the therapist, I, I think it's really a question of like, as a therapist, what are you wanting to do? Like, what, what is your end goal? Yeah. Um, and, and so we have all these different levels and, and maybe we even have a fourth tier in the sense that there is an advanced dip and there's a degree mm. and and for someone who's a bit of a massage nerd and they really like to you know study and, and read textbooks like if you're the sort of person that likes to read a textbook <laughs> then then I you know yes, as exciting as that can and can't be um, then yeah do a degree I would say go do a degree um, get into the university or the or the um, tertiary system um, consider going on and doing postgrad study like like get into that yeah if that's not something that's really important to you then I would be suggesting stay within the competency-based system and and the the diplomas and the certs and the advanced diplomas um, so I think there's a real value in having an advanced diploma I think it allows someone who's a very Practical, kinesthetic, hands-on, learns by doing type person, the mm. ability to provide a higher level of care and service, mm. um, and and you know for me personally, I think I found after you now maybe I hit the 10-year mark as a as a remedial soft tissue dude, and um, just just kind of went right. I want to I want to expand. I want to do a bit more, and that's that's where the myotherapy thing for me gave me more options. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a really personal question this this whole you know Pandora box that we've kind of opened here. there's so many facet facets to it, but I think for the individual, it's just you know where do you want to be and where do you want to do and and I wouldn't um say to people, just go and do an advanced diploma because you feel like you've got to yeah do it because you want to do it so
0: and I think that I mean that speaks to the industry as a whole at the moment there's um there's a level of, uh, and I'm I'm opening another box here.
1: <laughs> I can, I can there's, see
0: There's <laughs> there's a level there's a level of fear that yep. I that I see with a lot of therapists around um, education yeah. and yeah. health fund eligibility, yep. in particular, and thinking that. You know, at some point, their diploma is going to be superseded, and that mm. they're not going to be qualified enough, and that that fear around it, and yeah. so, yeah. so they're going and and developing and getting all of these tools and having a massive toolbox, but not really yeah. understanding yeah. how to use what, what they're doing or what yeah. they're doing. Yeah, and yeah. so you know, I I kind of I want to have I want to find a way to have this balance, and I, my yeah. my my biggest thing at the moment is I'm like you don't need health funds to survive as a massage oh, therapist.
1: I just wanted to mass drop a massive F on them and just like, <laughs> like the health funds, you know, like, um, and, and they're not, like I know, I know they're incredibly valuable to therapists and clients and all those sort of things. But, you know, I think when you're being driven in your career by fear and, and look, mm-hmm. the colleges play on this and I, and I, you know, maybe I shouldn't say that, but they sort of drive that, that message a little bit. Like, are you going to be good enough? Are you um, going to have health fund, you know, and if, if you don't anything? do another qualification? And, and oh, you know, okay, I understand that. I understand for a lot of people when you're getting started, you need that. Your employer will ask you if you got health funds. Um, and, and so having a certain standard, okay, look, I, absolutely necessary. But, you know, oh, I really hope people are driven primarily by what, it, it is that internally drives them, and yeah. and they really go like, if you're good, if you're just really good, you don't need health funds. If you're really good at what you do, people will come to you because you're good at what you do, and and they get the experience they're looking for or, or the results they're looking for. So, you know, okay, look, if if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, I need I need to get a higher qualification, like I need to do this thing, then then you know, do it because it's yeah. obviously important to you. Um, but you know, I, I think the more we can operate independently of health funds, the better. Um, it, it's caused such disruption, and I know there's a lot of businesses that are really based around health fund rebates. And I understand that if you're in a inner city area, y- you have to operate with health funds, and that's that's great. Okay. But I just think for a lot of other people, um, you you know, if you're a home-based business, I think you've always got the advantage of lower overheads, yeah. and I hope people are operating their business not relying on health funds and, and just relying on being a good practitioner because I, I really hope at the end of the day that that is the key thing. It's just It's just being good. It's just being good at what you do.
0: So basically your advice is don't suck. Yeah, don't suck. <laughs> don't yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, be good. Um, be
0: good. And... Uh... Sweet. Thanks very much, Erin. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've opened that Pandora's box, let's yeah. just uh, push that slightly to the side. I, I, You're actually one of the first therapists. I'm really excited because you're one of the first therapists that I've had on the show who has been, I guess, brave enough really to speak with me about health funds. Like health funds are becoming a, a bit of a taboo topic and nobody really wants to have the conversation about what the, the fear factor and how that drives us as therapists – what that creates in our businesses, oh, and and all these kinds of things. So I'm really grateful. Thank you so much for at least opening the box with me. That's really yeah. that's really good. Um, yeah. But let's move on to slightly less controversial topics.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, <laughs>
0: but so yeah. let's talk about longevity in the industry because I know that's one of your passions, and I know that's one of your your points. And by the sound of it, I mean if you've been passionate about the industry since '96 and working in the industry since 2002 that's some time that's a few years a little while Um, and so tell me what's your like sort of what's your self-care rituals like what do you do to take care of you and what can like how how can i apply some of those into my daily stuff what what are you doing to help take care of yourself
1: a wonderful segue um (laughs) So, yeah, look, you, you obviously know and um, that, you know, self-care is a big big passion of mine. I think, mm. I think it is for everyone. Like, you know, it's kind of funny if you say, oh, I'm a massage therapist and I don't care about self-care. It's a bit like sort of saying you don't care about yourself, if that makes sense. Um, it, it's kind of a bit of an obvious statement, but at the same time, I don't know how many people really have, you know, like an organized, programmed... Um, routine or or process that they kind of follow to look after themselves. Um, I, I have to I have to talk about the thing that I I do here because um, just simply because it, it's an integral part of everything um, that that I do. And I think everyone's got their thing, and that's that's probably part of it as well. You've got to find your thing. And and I have to I have to say for me it's Aikido. And um, mm. Aikido for those people that don't know it is is a traditional Japanese martial art. And, and fortunately, Is it the one or, with
0: the sticks,
1: uh, everyone says that, and, and I suppose there are some weapons in it. Um, but um, I
0: just want to hit people with sticks,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, though, that so no, there's I think, uh, and forgive me because I don't know exactly, but I think it's Kali or or it might be the one you're thinking of. And it's a very stick based martial art, and it comes out of um, the Philippines, I believe, and other Southeast Asian countries. It's actually similar in a lot of ways, but Aikido generally is an open-hand martial art. And and look, I don't even like talking about it as a martial thing because really for me, it's a very um, health-oriented practice. Mm. If we we talked about it like Tai Chi, it would make a lot of sense. People go, oh, yeah, you know, it's like it's a practice you do or even yoga. Um, Mm. But you do it with another person and, and you have to learn to work with another person's body. And, and look after this other person because they're literally kind of giving you their body to practice with. So for me, that's very similar to massage because you're you you know you're actually working with someone's body and and like you are actually in putting a lot of force into their body. Like you literally mm. are throwing someone and pinning someone, but you're doing it in a way that actually makes them better and stronger and fitter, I suppose as well. Yeah. And, and I like that comparison with. Um, with massage, because it's you know I like to think of myself as the world's worst martial artist. Because when I touch someone, they generally feel better. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm the
0: world's okayest uh, massage therapist. You're okay. the world's worst mas- martial artist. I'm getting yes. you. A, I'm getting you a t-shirt that says so. Sad. <laughs> it's
1: gonna be so good. <laughs> uh, I, I look forward to. It. So anyway, look, I mentioned that because that's sort of the framework that I um, then sort of look at. Um, you know, self care and and. Um, it's sort of, you know, I suppose finding a way that you can um, do something that's regenerative for you. Uh, sometimes, so look, strength training and a lot of fitness training is obviously awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Um, you know, if anyone's into kettlebells, I think I was saying this to you previously kettlebells for me, it's like if there's one thing you can do for, for, um, a massage therapist, I reckon that's, that's probably the one that's got a nice balance of mobility and strength and all these sort of things. But at the same time, you've got to do something that's a bit restorative, um, you know, to your <laughs> vitality, your yeah. state of mind, you know, you, if, if you like your chi, like, however you sort of relate to it. Um, so I, um, you know, have over the last few years sort of started working on projects that sort of... I suppose it could be something of a guide towards self-care. And, and um, you know, I should put in the quick plug that uh, I will be presenting at the AAMT conference in Hobart um, later in the year in May. Yes, uh, at on the, the end the top, of May. At the end of May um, on the topic of self-care. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really taking a lot of material that I've developed um, for other courses and sort of bringing it all together as a uh, kind of uh, – <laughs> perhaps a silly analogy, I'm trying to think of it a little bit like, you know, your kids go to daycare because I have two young kids. And and they sort of have a playground where they can go in and they can just sort of try lots of things and they can do painting and, and climbing and swinging and they can kick stuff and they can play with one another and they can talk and communicate. I'm kind of hoping to, um, you know, put together a workshop that's a little bit like that where you're going to have um, little tasters of different um, self-care methods, I suppose, or, yeah. or, or ideas or processes. Um A self
0: care digestation, so to speak. Ooh,
1: yes, that would be mm. a good way of putting it. So it's with it's, wine? With with possibly. Yes. I love wine. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to talk to the organizers about that. We'll see. Um I'm not sure how we'll sort of time it in, but I I'm sure something can work be worked out. So um, so yeah, look, I, I like a variety of stuff. I suppose in terms of self-care, um, I, I think you've got to implement some physical, strength-based activities. I think you've got to implement some some physical, you know, mobility, relaxation-type stuff. Uh, you've definitely got to enter, uh, bring in, you know, some mental focus training. Um, you know, I, I think a huge part of what we do is is more mentally draining than physically. Mm. Um, I, I don't think anyone I've ever spoken to ever dis Argues with that. They're always like, "Yeah, I think it's more mentally draining than physical," and it's really physically demanding. Um, and then at the same time, we've got to, you know, think about things like, um, you know, what, what's the nutrition? What What are you doing in terms of your eating? And then what are you doing in terms of your clinical practice? And even even the rationale behind how you know how and what why are you treating? Why Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, yeah. You know, are are you just burning a whole lot of energy and, and whatnot for something that probably isn't actually getting great outcomes, but you, you kind of think that working really hard is the right thing to do. Yeah. So um so yeah, there's a whole bunch of factors there. I know nothing was very sort of three step program there, but um whole bunch of factors that, that I think should fit into to self care, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, but I think that's it's very much how I see a lot of successful practitioners are already working. They're using that like Oh, I take a little bit of this and I take a little bit of this technique, and i've I've studied a little bit with this and and yeah. they kind of like roll it all together and it becomes their own personalized kind of yeah. how they massage. And it's the same thing with self-care. like you said, it's yeah. it's about you know trying all of a bunch of different things and then going oh well this bit worked for me and this bit didn't so i'm just going to discard what hasn't worked for me so and yeah. i'm really excited to attend that self-care workshop at the conference yeah. that'll be really cool like i think does it's, that mean
1: you're going to show up
0: oh maybe i might oh. be going i know ne- i'm i there's it's a there's a it's a high, poss- high possibility.
1: High possibility. Okay, I won't hold you to it then. But Don't uh, hold me
0: to it. But uh, but I yeah. think, honestly, I think that self-care and I was talking with um, Michelle Vasalo and she's, yes. she has yes. a self-care workshop that she yes. runs and I just think it's one of those things that is so deeply overlooked for massage therapists. We don't, um, we're not taught how to do it as part uh-huh. of our education and nice. And you're like shaking your head, going, "I know, I, I know, I
1: know." Like, oh. dude, um, can I get a hallelujah? Um. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think this—I mean, that—that that brings us into mentors and traineeships and all those kinds of things as well. I, I do like—I know that if I'd had someone who was my mentor at the beginning, potentially. Yeah. You know, I would probably take better care of myself, and I wouldn't have spent all day Monday laying in my cuddle corner in my couch <laughs> with my back with my back broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how so? How does that play into sort of what you're doing as well? Are you looking into doing some mentoring programs? Like, what's what's that about?
1: Yeah. Look. Well, I suppose firstly, um, oh, I'm just really excited to see. Uh, yeah, people like Michelle, um, Stuart, Alicia, um, you know, the, all these incredible people I've never met and yet at some level I feel like I've known forever um, because you hear them talk and you're just like, you know, oh my God, that's that's amazing, that's, that's exactly what we need. I'm so glad to see people actually stepping up and doing this stuff. Um, they're putting themselves out there, they're... You know, because like, that's the thing. Like we're sitting here today on online, you know, who, who knows who's going to listen to this. You can make mistakes and fluff up and, and say stupid things and, you know, about health funds or whatever. Um, but it's, it's people are actually getting out there and they're having a go. And, and that's oh, – it, it's just – it's so good. Um, it's so good to see. And, and like with the mentorship idea, uh, with, it's been said before in these podcasts, one of the biggest problems we have is people we, – we're a very closed door – Kind of profession in many ways. It's like mm-hmm. you know, your client comes in, you close the door, boom, the outside world's gone, and that's that's great in one respect because you're creating this safe space. You're you're creating a cuddle corner almost for your for your client. You know how you how you felt on Monday. I mean, that's how people walk into us, and we go boom. Problem is, is that unfortunately we get so focused that we don't share as much as what we could. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's an interest, just an interesting little tidbit. So when working with a few physios. Um, you know, when they're at, at university, you know, I can only assume this because I haven't been through their programs, but it's very normal for them to be treating way, and someone just to walk in and like their, their supervisors and say, hey, what's going on, blah, 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 and start talking, you know, there's not that necessary kind of level of of privacy and that sounds a bit weird but what it means is they interact a lot more they talk Mm. they share ideas like it's really like it's really normal and you know i started working with a few physios they'd literally just open the door and walk in you know like in the middle of a treatment oh so blah 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 i've got to go home a bit early uh can you just make sure and and walk out and and at first i was like that's really weird but what it was is they're just very used to a much more open door policy and i hope that's something that we can start to build Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've really wondered about the idea of traineeships and like apprenticeships and mentorships and these sorts of things and whether or not that sort of model might be something that we want to look at in the future. I know it's been kicked around previously but never mm. really gained much traction and, and I do really wonder if that's something that we should be looking at more in the future.
0: I often wonder um, looking at pati- particularly the American model of education um, and I know like in university education because they have that kind of summer, they have that summer break where its I think it's like yep. 8 or 10 weeks or 12 weeks or something. It's a long yep. break. Yeah. And what they'll generally do is over the summer period they will have yep. an internship. So, they'll do yep. a, a 12-week kind of, they'll go and basically just volunteer their time at a, at a business. Yep. Um, and the idea is that they go there and they make connections and they talk with people yep. and they get experience yep. working in the industry and things like that. And I kind of wonder whether or not that sort of internship concept could be integrated into what's already mm-hmm. kind of around. And I, I sort of – I, I I mean, I don't know who to talk to. I'm like, I don't know who to talk to about that. But yep. it would be a, it would be really beneficial for businesses. Um, you know, like bigger businesses who are looking for therapists, and there's that kind of consistent mm-hmm. staff kind of turnover. Yep. Yep. You would be able to get a couple of therapists to come in, and you'd be able to make sure they were the right fit for your business. And and then from a practical standpoint, you would be able to give the therapist practical mm. hands-on experience working in a real working clinic, yes. which even though I know a lot of the colleges and that do have working clinics, yes. they're still not having to deal, you know, it's, it's still, there's still a buffer there of like, oh, but I'm just a student kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So, uh, a sort of, you know, like what are your thoughts on, on that kind of thing? Like is that, would that be a transitional, like do you think that could be something that would transition towards like apprenticeships or into that more kind of mentorship or traineeship kind of concept?
1: Well, look, the interesting thing is uh, with the um, abundant wisdom of our um, seniors, uh, <laughs> th- they've actually uh, allowed for um, 50 hours of non-supervised clinic uh, within the, the new diploma. Ah. Um which um, you know, some people could look at a bit skeptically, perhaps, but it it facilitates an opportunity for people to go out there and do something like that. Mm. Uh, now that. Uh, i think would need to be well thought through and well planned out and and sure you know it could be exploited done incorrectly but i'd like to think there's a definite opportunity there for people to get out and and get some real world experience in real environments i know i know one of the things we've been looking at at q is is the idea of getting um students into some sporting teams for those people that that are really like performance obsessed you know they're like I want, I want to work with the Brisbane Lions or the or Broncos <laughs> or something like that. But but get them into maybe a local club or an under eight, like a under nineteen, I don't know, red side or something like that, where they can where they can get some experience. They can work with a few uh, physios, coaches, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's no reason why that couldn't be expanded though into the community yeah. setting. So um, and and so there is a, a capacity there uh, for that. But I think there's also you know there's a need for something post graduation as well um, and, and hearing people uh, like Stuart Hines talking about that is, is like really encouraging and, and look, I know a few locals here in Brisbane and I've mentioned um, your name to them previously and I'm I'm actively getting out and poking these guys, you know, I, I say guys, guys and girls, um, actively poking them in the rib to get them active in this sense and try and share their knowledge because, you know, I was really fortunate to work with a, a guy um, locally here in, in Springwood just south of Brisbane. And oh my goodness, like that What I learned in a couple of years working with him mm. was just off the charts, and and the physios that worked with him as well. And he, you know, he's a he's a soft tissue guy and who also does acupuncture. But oh, the just the learning was invaluable. It just brought everything together, and to have that experience, and it might even be three or four years after graduation, is just huge, and it, and it yeah. just raises the bar of our profession. Um, so much, getting that sort of guidance and advice. So, so yeah, I hope, I hope it grows. Hope yeah, it grows. I
0: I do as well. And I know, um, I know there's been. It it is. It's just one of those. It's it's just going to take that one or it's going to take one or two people, but to lead the the kind of way with it. And I know Stuart yep. is doing amazing work. Like yes. he's very cool. And again, in that high performance space. Yes. But I think that needs to start to trickle. That needs to trickle out and down yes. into kind of everyone doing some some mentorship. And I think yep. – I even think about like going back to your original degree in psychology. Yep. Like psychologists would have a um, – they would have to have a psychologist – Yep. That they see, so they yep. so they would have to, you know, have that professional kind of down download, I guess. And I don't yep. see that that is a recom- like is is recommended for massage therapists. And so then when we get to like courses, like your course that we where we met, yep. um, you know, everyone's like, oh my god, talking to other therapists and uh. like rabbits. They're like yeah. super excited yeah. and like, oh yeah. my god, somebody who understands what it's like. <laughs> So it's and it's it's adorable, (laughs) but isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I think it really highlights the fact that we need to have more opportunities for massage therapists to connect with each other. Yes, totally, and and all of those sorts of things. And hi again, guys. Christy from the Rub the Wrong Way podcast here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of two with Aaron Bright Um, and if you guys are still keen I know it's like the Tuesday I'm going to release this uh, tonight which is Tuesday the 24th of May 2016 if you guys are still keen to go to the Australian Association of Massage Therapists National Conference in Tasmania coming up this very weekend starting on the 28th of May Um, I think there are still some tickets available. So if you guys want to jump over to the AAMT, um, aamt aamt.com.au and pick up a ticket for uh, the national conference, then by all means, I would love to see you guys there. It would be super exciting to have somebody come up and be like, oh my God, I listened to your show. Um, But I'm hoping you guys have enjoyed the conversation that I've had with Aaron so far and Be on the lookout on Friday because I'm releasing the next episode coming up on Friday. So part two of two of my interview with Aaron Bright will be coming up then. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening to Rub the Wrong Way. We'd love to connect with you at our website, www.rubtherightway.com, where you can download your free copy of The Hustle Method, Six Steps to a Kick-Ass Massage Biz. Or on Facebook, Rub the Wrong Way Podcast. Or on Twitter, at Rub Wrong.
1: This is a We Are Podcast show. We Are Podcast is Australia's premium gathering of current and future podcasters if you aren't a member yet you should go and check us out at wearepodcast.com and click on the members live here button right in the center of the page included in your membership are monthly accountability sessions with me that's a tongue twister monthly state of the union podcasting Webinars, as well as free podcast hosting for the rest of your membership life with Audio Boom. We not only cover everything podcasting, but we also cover every other aspect of online business around your podcast. So if you want to make money and grow your influence using a podcast, get your first month for only $19 using the promo code IAMPODCAST at checkout. Also, for peace of mind, you can leave whenever you like uh, in case you've had enough of us. So uh, go in and check it out. Wearepodcast.com and click on the Members Live Here button.